today on the Entrepreneur Circle. At the end of the day, so many businesses fail because they don't understand their cash flow, their money management, or their resource management. Like the two leading causes of business shutting their doors are cash flow and management issues. And if you're a solo entrepreneur, that's deeply personal. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team, that's deeply interpersonal. If you're gonna spend time building something, build financial literacy, build your systems, make sure that that's covered. And hopefully, you know, automated in some way so that you can go chase your passion, but don't neglect that stuff. You have now entered the entrepreneur circle. Hey there, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle podcast, where we inspire you by talking to entrepreneurs and business owners about mindset, goals, vision, tips and strategies on how to crush life and business. I am your host, Eric Cabral, real estate investor and a creative. I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years, got my start in New York City as a junior art director, and made my way up the corporate ladder to become the creative director at the number one pharma company in the world. That was until I decided to hang up my corporate hat and start my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using social media and live stream events. Hit us up at info at onairbrands.com to learn more. Also, like subscribe and share this podcast on social. We greatly appreciate you for it. And also don't hesitate to send us any feedback that you may have because we always love, love, love hearing from you. Before we jump into the show, I'd like to share what some of our sponsors, partners, and friends of the show have to offer you. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. Hey, folks. So on this episode, I have the distinct pleasure of chatting with a really cool dude. His name is Benjamin Day, and he is the owner and principal of Lionshare Bookkeeping. And he is my personal bookkeeper and accountant, and he manages on-air brands, funds, and um, our budgeting and forecasting and all that great stuff that I don't like to do. So he... I, is a different type of individual that you would come to expect when it um, dealing with finances and accounting. He's he's a millennial, started his own business, and he's crushing it with uh, the amount of uh, clients that he's brought into the fold, um, the amount that he's been able to scale within the business, um, and hiring and bringing on people to to help out. He he. Definitely, when you talk to him, you can tell he's a creative. You know, he's he's left and he's right brain. He's centered, and he can come at you with some relatively boring, to to me anyway, boring content, and make it really fun and interesting. So, what I like uh, how he approaches things um, is to give you visuals. So he gives me visuals. He shows me how things work. He shows me charts and graphs and tools and online, uh, tools to make things easier in my life when it comes to finance. So Ben really is just an all around genuine guy. He wants to help people. Um, he wants to find ways to identify, uh, things within your business that, 
you can just trim, you know, just trim some of the fat and, and save money. He literally saved me hundreds of dollars by identifying something that I didn't need to be spending on. And, you know, I thanked him profusely for it. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that in that therein lies the golden ticket to um, building your business. It's, it's really something that a lot of people do on their own. I know I've been doing it for a long time and I don't really like it. And I am a creative through and throughout and I can do left brain, you know, real estate is all about numbers and I can do that, but it doesn't necessarily mean I want to. So a lot of you folks out there, even if you like to do those things and you want to do those things, if you're scaling your business and you're growing and um, you, you want to build teams that 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 focus on specific areas within your business, because, you know, as business owners, we can't do everything. And if you do do everything, you're not able to scale at a rate that you could potentially be scaling it. So um, Ben is is just a, a powerhouse when it comes to bookkeeping, his tactics, his strategies, his ways of looking at things and um, leveraging all the modern day tools is great. And I highly recommend having, if not Ben, just having a bookkeeper and someone who can um, be that person on your team, that heavy hitter that you know things are being taken care of on the back end. So I don't want to give away too much of Ben's story since I've rambled on here, but he does give some really cool nuggets, um, you know, as far as as taking action and working hard, um, which are all things that we know but don't normally always practice each and every day. But yeah, listen to his story, folks. It's it's really fun. It's um it's 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 cool to hear him talk about his personal side. You know, he is a musician and he loves that as well. So, you know, it's always good to be a business owner with some side uh, therapeutic type of activities, you know, that can balance your life out. And he sounds very well balanced. I really, really, truly appreciate this guy. And here he is without further ado, Mr. Benjamin Day of Lionshare Bookkeeping out of Oklahoma City. So how are you, Benjamin Day? Dude, I am doing well. I've got all the coffee I could ever need <laughs> on this uh, this Tuesday or whatever the day is. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I know. It's it's We're bright eyed and bushy, especially for you. What are you, an hour earlier than yeah. I am? I mean, it's it's nine a.m., so it's not it's not anything aggressively bad. I yeah. do work from home, so it's like I like to start working at noon, don't we all? But, but for most yeah. millennials, you know, that's that's pretty bright eyed. You know, you're a <laughs> dude. Yes, absolutely. That I mean, <laughs> true to life. I think so. The only reason I'm up is because um, uh, my girlfriend has to get to the restaurant where she's a cheesemonger and a bartender at at like seven a.m. every yeah. day. Well, so she just like bangs on stuff and is like, all right get up you wanted to get up early today i'm like oh no <laughs> okay so she's much better at it than i am you know i'm guilty of of putting millennials in a bucket because you know you know the whole entitlement thing and you know it's 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 like with any generation i remember being in my early 20s and and just partying on a tuesday or a wednesday and sleeping in and so it's not just millennials i mean it's everybody who's young and excited about life Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's and like, don't get me wrong, we do a lot of that too. It, especially kind of on the on the server on the server lifestyle. I quit yeah. bartending maybe six months ago, and so it's still kind of hard for me to run like a business. But all that all that still exists. It's kind yeah. of we're a little more elastic in our bounce back. So you know what? It makes sense now that you're telling me you are um, you 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 have a background in bartending because what I've noticed about your business and for those of you listening. Um, ben is my my bookkeeper for on-air brands and eventually will be for all the real estate stuff. Uh, we got to get that rolling too next year. Um, but I've noticed that's the difference between you and most people in your space. They that you, you have this personality that um, you know jumps off the page. You know, like we're always we, you know you and I always have FaceTime meetings on the screen. You have a personality. It's not like what you someone would come to expect from someone who's bookkeeping, right? Air quotes. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've got a, you've got a fun personality. So that makes sense that you, you, so let's, so since we're there, you know, we have Benjamin day of line share bookkeeping 
and he's based out of Oklahoma City, correct? Yes. And <clears throat> I, I usually like to kick off by asking, you know, what's what's your origin story? What's what's your number one issue? You know, how did how did it all kick off? Sure. So between uh, like birth and the age of twenty two, um, I wasn't ever like two degrees away from entrepreneurs, but you know, based on kind of our, our, the family lifestyle, I spent a lot of time around some of these business owners in various capacities. Actually, it was, so it was uh, New Year's Eve of like 2016 going into 2017, I think those numbers line up. Um, I had just gotten fired from, a, uh, from like a assistant contractor position, 1099, uh, because they just, they weren't good, good with their money. They just didn't, they just didn't understand it. Uh, and before that I'd worked a couple of other different jobs where they were just like hoping everything would be fine and that some other business, some other aspect of their life would float their business. Um, and so I, it, it was kind of this linchpin moment for me where it was, you know, I really, I really don't want to ever live that lifestyle. Kind of the, there's this balance of, I want some security. I've got this accounting degree and I could go get a job and just be fine forever but I've already done that and I'm, I'm trusting my life and my financial well-being to somebody else. And I've seen a lot of really smart people do a lot of really dumb things with their money. And they, yeah. just, they just don't understand whether they may not be bad with their money, but they're not great with their money. And so I, I knew that I kind of trended towards the, the better end of that spectrum. And it was like, okay, how can I begin to provide value here? Even if it means that I'm going to be riskier and jump into entrepreneurship. And then it kind of the more I thought about it, it was like, man, let's get some, let's get some financial independence. Let's get into real estate. And then I didn't know anything about real estate. So I kind of pivoted. Um, but then it was just, again, it kind of just came back to what are you good at? I'm really good at data. I'm really good at money. I'm really good at being kind of foresight futuristic. Uh, and so let's, let's do some of that. Let's start a bookkeeping business. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as it turned out, as, as boring as that sounds, it's now suddenly unlocked all of this free time. Um, my other bachelor's degree is in music. And so I, I work a business that I maybe takes 10 hard days of labor a month. Uh, and then I've got 20 days to do whatever I want. And so I can go, I can play weddings. I can go to Austria for two weeks and, and play, you know, Haydn, where Haydn is buried. And I can do all this really cool stuff because of the freedom I'm getting out of entrepreneurship. And it just kind of, you do something really boring to help you do something that provides a whole lot of value into a community and gives you the kind of the financial freedom that you want. And that's really without like really getting bogged into the details. That's kind of where it all started was this weird blend of you know, wanting independence, not wanting to be in control of my own life and uh, just really just kind of grabbing it by the horns and saying, this is going to work one way or another. Yeah. So that's great, man. The, the, that was very, very clear and concise and it's, it, and, and seeming, Seeming rehearsed, man. Like you've said that a thousand times before. That's pretty good, man. You this had story it, you had all figured it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is either this is either two minutes long or twenty minutes long. So I'm really <laughs> trying to make sure that it's two minutes. It was probably like two minutes, man. That was pretty tight. Um, <laughs> but uh, so so I want to take it back, you know, to before you made that decision. Um, what what in your history, you know, growing up, you know may have inspired you, may have given you the confidence, may have given you, um, you know, sort of that foresight to say, you know what, this could work. Because a lot of people, you know, the nine to five W2, that's all they see and know. And, and they don't have any understanding of, of being a business owner. It's like, so was your family involved in business? Was somebody around you that you saw? So, yes. So, it, I mean, at the end of the day, family is always a big part um, both of my parents are very much community oriented and their passion really is in serving their community in, in whatever aspect, whether, you know, officially as a J-O-B or just as passion product projects and side hustles. And so for a long time, I've just, I've been in situations where um, people just show up and they're the smartest, kindest, most emotional, intelligent people you've ever seen, but they just feel lost there's just something that's happened in their life that has put them off course and they just need somebody to kind of hold their hand and tell them it's okay. Give them yeah. one or two things that to go do to kind of write themselves. And I've, I've always been around that. My dad's very outgoing. My mom is very kind of reserved. Uh, when people talk about their kind of mentor styles, 
They're like, uh, it's either meat and potatoes or vegetables, or one of them is really delicious and really attractive. And the other one, you just need to survive. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, how can I begin to pull from these influences and, and bring this into the fold and what I do um, in, in a very niche area? I, you could do that anywhere and you can do that in all parts of your life. But really the kind of the, the service orientation really came from mom and dad. Um, mm. And then the, the numbers came from dad too. So I'm, I'm 18 years old. I'm getting out of high school. Um, and I've been doing kind of this. I've been, I've been in the international baccalaureate program in high school, which is like uh, the AP stuff that you get, except in Spain and in, and in you know, Ontario and in Michigan. And it's all over the place. It's really cool. And I've been doing all this rigorous academic stuff. And I come into my, my dinner table and I look at my dad and I, I call him by his first name because you're 18 and that's what you do. And uh, I... <laughs> did you really say, call your dad by his first name? I was at the time, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I still do, but that's just because we work with some of the same people and it's a little more professional to say John than it says, go to my dad ah, and ask him for whatever. Makes sense. But, uh, but I'm talking to my dad and I'm like, hey, look, I, I get it. I've done all this science and math stuff. That's cool. Um, but I've got this passion for music. I think it is the bomb. I think it is so cool, whatever that is. Uh, and I want to go to, I want to pay for school. I want to go take out student loans to go get a music degree. Uh, and he said, you know, Ben, I love you. I support you, but someday you're going to have kids and they're going to be my grandkids and I want my grandkids to eat. So if you could <laughs> maybe get a bachelor's degree in something that'll get you a job, uh, then let's see that. And so he, we had that conversation and he handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. And I didn't even finish that book <laughs> the first time. <laughs> I got through the first chapter. The first chapter said, if you want to make money, be financially literate. And I said, mm. okay, well, then I'll go, I'll go, to, I'll go to school. And I'll get a finance degree. And my dad seems to be pleased with this. He seems to be abated. Uh, and so I, I go and I've, I'm getting two bachelor's degrees. I'm at school for two weeks. I'm adjusting to the dorm and he calls me because uh, at the time he was kind of the right-hand man for a guy. He was a lawyer. He was in real estate. He had a lot of other projects going on. And my dad was kind of the focal point um, so that he could go leverage his time. And my dad calls me. He says, hey, I was talking to my boss and my boss says that you should switch to accounting. I'm like, okay. He's like, no, 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 this is important. Uh, if you want a good job in finance, you can spend 30 minutes on the internet and figure out finance. But if you want a good job in accounting, you really need that backbone, be able to speak the language. And then you can kind of trade up and get finance in later. And that was, that was it, man. From there on out, it was like, okay, I've got the path uh, and we'll, we'll kind of charge forward. Uh, and then it was just budgets and spreadsheets and, and putting the work in uh, and figuring out how to talk to people. Yeah. So how, so did school, so you went to the university of Oklahoma um, and did they teach you that aspect of business there? You know? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> every business skill I have, I learned in the music school. So let's wow. not, How let's cool. not get that twisted. I mean, it's like, <laughs> sure. You need four years of, of uh, accounting to do accounting air yeah. quotes, but, um, but it's all knowledge. It's like, okay, today we're going to learn about the eight different kinds of depreciation you can take over the next 30. Yeah. And I'm like, God, this sucks. And then you go to music school and it's like, okay, here's four chords. We're going to spend three hours talking about what you can do with them. I'm like, oh, much better. Core <laughs> concepts, application. Love it. Yeah. So, so that's, a, yeah, that is ironic. So, you, you, well, first off, you know, big pat on the back for getting two bachelors at the same time. I mean, oh, I, thank I don't you. Know do that um coffee did you, did you clone yourself well coffee <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it's ironic that you're saying you know getting your bachelor's in music um taught you more sales than it did um you know going to school for business and accounting um so so what aspects did they teach you or what was it just you know conversations and um, having people skills what was it specifically so music school is a little weird uh for anybody who hasn't done like a an official academic program in an art field. Uh, Cause there's two really two kinds of people. There's the performance guys and the theory guys in, in essence mm. um, where there's, there's the people that are just wicked smart and can sit down and do whatever. And then there's people that are wicked talented and, they, and it's just like, give me a pitch. Tell me what the pitch is. You don't even have to give it to me. Just tell me what it is. I will sing you this aria and it will be perfect. Mm. Um, 
and I could play piano with it at the same time or whatever it is. <laughs> Um, but those skill sets often don't mix. And so what you get is you get all of these really, really smart people who have to put in a lot of practice time in order to apply well. And then you've got these really talented people who begin to struggle with basic concepts. Yeah. Um, and, and music school really makes you figure out how to do both. And so I was surrounded by people that knew the concepts. I was a concept person. I could latch onto the knowledge pretty well. I had a hard time in the application. And then I was really good friends with people who were just talented, really passionate about what they were doing, but the only way they were going to grasp and apply and exceed in the, in the knowledge is if somebody could explain it to them in a way that wasn't, you know, on the smart end, wasn't theory-based, but performance-based. Right. It totally makes sense because you're basically uh, left brain, right brainers, right? So the left brainers probably embrace that theory very easily. And then the right brainers are just the creative, passionate guys that just, you know, for me, I'm a drummer mostly, um, but yeah, any instrument that I jump onto, um, I just hear it and I play it like on the piano, like you're saying, um, I don't know notes, I don't know theory, I don't know any uh-huh. of that, but I just figured it out because I was at a very young age, you know, uh, you know, also being Asian, um, I think something in our <laughs> DNA Maybe but, yeah, put me in front of a piano at age of four and, and I was, um, I think learning the piano very, very young helps you um, understand music um, for the rest of your life. Um, but anyway, it, it totally makes sense what you're saying. And, and so it sounds like you were saying you, you fell somewhere in between, like you were able to sort of embrace both relatively easy. Yeah. My comfort yeah. zone really is in, in the knowledge, but I, I love that. I love the performance aspect. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I am a rock star, but I'm no rock star. Like it takes me some work. I got to get in the zone and yeah. some people can just turn it on. Right. Yeah. Well, so what's your, what's your, what's your weapon of choice? Sure. So my degree is in viola, uh, which is kind of the the middle voice of the string quartet family. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a violin, so you've definitely seen one if you've been to an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the lar- is there? There's a smaller. What's what's it in relationship to the size of a violin? Sure. So violins will only ever be as long as 14 inches. Mm-hmm. Violas usually clock in somewhere between 15 and 19. Okay. So it still gotcha. sits on the shoulder. Yes. Uh, Okay. Just a little longer. Yeah, but, but most people like like me, I'm sure we just call them all violins. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's just our burden to bear forever. Yeah. So now I know. Now I know if I see something that isn't 14 inches, because yeah, because you, you, you see them, they're all in the same area um, on stage, right? Exactly. Yep. Um, but I just yeah, that's cool. That's good to know. So so that is your choice. But the, I'm sure it sounds like you probably could pick up any type of instrument and play it. So. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's so I, I play in a band uh, and I play bass and I sing in that band. Um, again, it's kind of like no, no formal education. It's like, Oh, what sounds good. And, um, every now and then I'll try to make somebody play a chord and they hate me, but that's about it. Like that's, <laughs> we're just feeling it out. It's a good time. You play chords on the bass. Yes, you nice. can. It, it's a little, it's a little tricky and it's more kind of like pedal tones and, and making sure that something comes out. I play with, I play in a sort of a metal band with two guitars, mm-hmm. uh, that like to be loud. And so nice. what's the name of your band? Planeswalker. Plane like like the plains in Africa or yes like the plains in Africa not like Magic the Gathering like the plain like like the Great Plains of Oklahoma nice okay I'm gonna look you up and for those listening uh, look Ben up and do you have anything out there that people can buy or stream uh, no I don't think so I think you maybe <laughs> got a couple this is it's really kind of more of a really kind of a passion project more than anything else we're not cool. making any money yeah. Um, it's really fun. And then at some point we're all going to move across the country and not play anymore. But for now it's the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. What I found, cause I've been in music all my life and I've had dozens of bands, um, especially when we get into, man, early twenties, uh, all the, and thirties, um, we, we were passionate, man. You know, I had my bands and we were writing music and putting it out there. And then when, once you start having kids and you know, get to that next stage, you know, sort of priorities shift. And I noticed mm-hmm. that all the bands that we were touring around with, we're around the same age doing the same thing, having kids. And then we were all just started dropping like flies. Yeah. And then, you know, in comes the younger bands and yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's all cyclical and you know, just try to make it during that small window. Um, when everybody's young and hungry. Sure. Yeah. To, to live or give age. it 15 years. And then it's like, Oh yeah, we're getting back together. And just, yeah, exactly. Like, dude. It's funny because I just reached time. out to one of my old, my band and said, Hey, let's, let's get back together. And, and do a show but it's a lot of work man you know a lot of memorization and a lot of yeah. practice and 
yeah, it's fun though. It's fun. I, I love it. I mean, it really, it's kind of my anchor. I mean, I spent, I spent all day in my house in this seat doing this work nice. and then it's like, yeah. When is band practice? <laughs> like, I need to get. I need to go drink beer like I'm like I'm like I'm not a young professional and go be really loud for about four hours a day or whatever awesome. it is. It's therapy, man. Music yeah. therapy. You want? You need to go so slap good. the bass. Slap at the bass. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So cool. Um, I, I see. This is why I knew. I was like, yeah, I gotta have. I gotta have Ben on my show because whenever we talk, it's funny because you know. I kind of look forward to it. It's like, I mean, although like when you send your emails and you're like, look through these numbers, I'm like, uh, okay, I'll get to that later. <laughs> but then when, when, you know, I love how you do the videos, yeah. right? So you'll, you'll do these videos and nobody does that. I mean, how many, how many accountants, you know, do that where they, right. they, they send you online training and videos um, to walk you through so that you can sort of peruse that um, because you, you're working with busy business owners and, and real estate investors and, you know, everybody's time is different. And, um, you know, what you do is great because you could just tap it when, when I have a minute available. So, um, it's brilliant. How did you come up with that by the way? Uh, so when I first started my business, everybody always talks about kind of picking a niche market or a niche market. I'm not niche or niche prone. I like to serve people in targeted areas with high value, but, uh, but so they always talk about really dialing in on your niche and so I thought, okay, my, my first niche is probably going to be real estate investors because that's kind of what I'm surrounded by. Uh, I've since found out that that's still a really broad category and you can begin to whittle that down. But for, for no reason on purpose at all, my first four or five clients were all guys between the age of like, you know, 25 and 35 mm-hmm. who had all just had their first kid and were all trying to scale up their real estate business. And so suddenly it was like, Hey, if you could record a video that I could watch between 2.30 and 4.30 ah, in the morning while yeah. I'm up with my kid, <laughs> that way I can I can be more valuable during that time and yeah. I, don't, I can still run my business. I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And, um, and I did the same thing. The only thing is when I'm watching it at 1 or 2 in the morning, uh, I'm not at my full mental capacity. So I'm probably hitting the 30 second back button like 10 times. (laughs) But um, it's the same thing if you were going to, we were going to have a live conversation about numbers and money and kind of like, okay, here's the performance. So often I'll go to, I'll go to combo meetings. And at the end of the meeting, a client will look at me and say, okay, what did we just talk about? Like, what are the, (laughs) what, what did they actually just say? Because there's so much, there's so much jargon that gets thrown around that it's like, right. God, I need this twice. I need I need this two or three times so it'll sink in. I yeah. love videos for that. And what's cool about your vid- videos, you know, aside from them being customized and you're you know you're constantly saying the client's name throughout, you know, so it's not like this this canned thing for everyone, uh, which I'm sure you probably do have something in mind if if you haven't done it already. Um, makes it makes it smoother, right? If you have some 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 onboarding stuff that is canned. But um, what I liked about the videos is. Um, aside from being able to rewind is, is you're talking about numbers and you're talking about things that most or half people don't easily uh, understand right away. Um, but it's the visual aspect of it. So you're walking us through and you're able to see what the hell you're talking about. You're like, go to this site, go to here, go to here. This is what it looks like. Um, you know, like you said, a picture's worth a thousand words. So it's so helpful. Um, and it's a really great idea. It's funny because you mentioned that your space in real estate, you know, you, the majority of the people, that's kind of how your your launch pad was for, for Lionshare. Yeah. Um, I, can I at least mention, I'm not going to mention any names unless you do, um, but bigger pockets, I imagine, is a lot of the folks there are uh, your clients, right? A lot of the people who are on bigger pockets. Sort of. So what, I love bigger pockets because there's a huge opportunity to provide value. At the same time, they are very, very protective of their, of their content, of their forums. Yeah. Um, I got on my, my first post ever on bigger pockets was flagged and removed, uh, because I was too excited about promoting my business. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it was, it wasn't even somebody on bigger pocket staff. It was just another person that was like, Hey, a moderator. Here's the deal. no, no, not even a moderator, just oh, a no. regular person that, and, and she messaged me after and she was like, Hey, here's the deal. I flagged you. Um, because you can only, you can only do blatant, um, promotion in, in their marketplace area. You can't do it on forums. Yeah. Like provide value, provide value. It's not about the sale. And that was really, 
that's kind of a bummer, but it was really important for me to learn early. It was just, just like, dude, shut up, answer people's problems and leave a phone number. Like yeah. that's like people always have more questions and yeah. you, you'll be the guy. And that's, that's where we need to live. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do a lot of marketing, um, bigger pockets, like in the marketplace and if I used to, um, I think I'm probably about to do it again. I mean, December or January is probably the most happening time to, mm-hmm. to blast what I do. Um, and so uh, depending on when this airs, I will absolutely be on bigger pockets doing something. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, have they asked you to, um, cause do you contribute to the content like in the blog forums and stuff? No, I need to, I've got enough, I think hold yeah. there. I've got enough kind of sway and a lot of content now that could probably begin to do that. That's kind of yeah. on my, on my list of things to start doing in 2019. I think that would be so cool. So if, so if they're yeah. listening, I, yeah, I, yeah. I want if, that. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, Josh, um, if you're listening, uh, yeah. Ben is all for uh, providing content and uh, webinars. You know, that'd be a cool thing too, to start jumping in and providing value and content um, through their, their webinars. Um, yeah, man. You know, my, my buddy Matt does that. And um, he's, he's, he's he, he, it's, it's grown his business significantly to, to be like one of those thought leaders in bigger pockets. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, yeah. So real estate, investing um who who are other some of some of the other categories and sectors that you work with other than creative agencies sure (laughs) right (laughs) and so yeah i've got i've got a couple kind of broad brush marketing and creative agencies that i work with including on air brands um i recently so oklahoma recently made cannabis uh, a viable market here locally Um, and cannabis is a nightmare um, so if anybody's thinking about doing cannabis, you just need to go ahead and have a conversation with a lawyer and a CPA first mm. and then call me because uh, every conversation I have is just people that don't know what they don't know. Uh, and the unfortunate truth is that depending on where you live, not knowing something two times could land you in prison tomorrow. Wow. That's great <laughs> advice, man. <laughs> Keep our audience out of prison. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I, I, I imagine. Yeah. Because I was thinking about CBD oils and all that stuff. I guess it depends what's in it. Um, and, and like you said, there's so many variables. Um, it's better to be safe than sorry. So so what happens? Do people approach you and say, yeah, I started. Like, are they already, you know, neck deep into this business? And then you sort of flag, you know, hey, wait a minute. You know, slow your roll. So, uh, sort of, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of, so the entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, depending on how much, how much gas in the tank you have, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go do it. I'm just going to go do all of yeah. it right now. And it's going to be great. I'm going to bite off more than I can chew. I'm going to, I'm going to get it all I'm, done myself. I'm that. It's like every, I think every entrepreneur is guilty of that, yeah. but that's just, the, that's just the real. And so, and right. then it's like, oh wait, I just, I just, I just listened to a podcast and yeah. uh, it sounds like maybe I need to talk to a lawyer before I start selling something that's federally illegal. That mm-hmm. might be a good or whatever it is. And it's yeah. at that point at the follow-up is where I get a lot of people. And so uh, new brand new businesses like that, mm-hmm. um, I get them right after kind of their business plan has started. And sometimes okay. I can intervene before they do anything that's really stupid. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of like right there. They're like almost incorporated. They're almost registered. They're about to sell stuff uh, or about to grow or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because when people approach you, they're already making money at some point, right? Uh, To some degree. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, Do people actually get in touch with you before the business starts? Yes. That's good. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) uh, Yeah. They're being really, so I actually, so I sat down with a gentleman here locally a couple months ago and he was not cannabis. He was getting into real estate. He had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, really woke him up uh, and he read it all. And Rich Dad talks about building a team. And so this guy went out and he hired the, and he hired a tax professional that is somehow related to Rich Dad. Mm -hmm. uh, And he hired an appraisal and private money company that's somehow related to Rich Dad. Mm -hmm. Then he looked for a local bookkeeper, found me, sat down and said, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars in equity in the next three months. And I've never done a deal. Like, <laughs> why are we here right now? You need to do a deal, and you're you're, you're playing like you're a billionaire. I mean, it's like good for you, man. But yeah. you you need to before you go assume that all foreclosures are good deals. You need to go to a local RIA and talk to somebody. Yeah, get a little yeah. guidance. 
Um, I, I went through that whole experience um, with Rich Dad. And yeah, they do do they do that. They 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 tell you to align everything, get all the ducks in order, all the chess pieces in place, um, and they just keep hitting you over the head with education and education. Um, and I run into people. I'm not part of the program anymore, but I remember looking at some people who are in it for two years and haven't done a deal. Yeah. But meanwhile, they have flags because they give you for every course that you take. You know, you get a little sort of ribbon adorable and, and it's like they stack onto your name tag so like <laughs> i did like three courses you know like creative financing and whatever else and they would literally have two dozen like oh. wholesaling commercial real estate da, 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 and 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 i would chat with them and their eyes would be popping out of their heads and like deer in headlights and i would say hey you know nancy or whatever i'm like so how many deals none no deals yep. like oh my god and they literally like you said have everyone hired you know, all the mm -hmm. lawyers, all the accountants, all the bookkeepers, <laughs> all the contractors, all the people like standing there at the ready to go. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting that you have to deal with that. And then you have to sort of consult on your side. Uh, you know, hey, maybe, maybe you need to start. <laughs> Whoa, no, that is absolutely that is that's at some point that's kind of where it becomes it's like we stop talking about debits and credits after like the second meeting and then it's all like okay what about rent to own so i'm like all right let's whatever whatever it is man it's like okay let's let's talk about this and it kind of it transitions rapidly out of accounting and into business very yeah. very quickly yeah. so so how, so speaking of real estate um are you investing or or you know getting that in in motion at some point so investing was something that I had to put on pause. It was, again, it was kind of this, it was the new, it was the entrepreneurial spirit. I was like, yeah. I'm going to open a bookkeeping business. I'm going to have a million clients and I'm going to own a hundred doors in 30 <laughs> days. And it was like, this is not, this is not, I'm sure somebody out there could do it, but I yeah. really need to focus. And so yeah. at the time I was still working, uh, I was still bartending and I was just short on time and I was just emotionally exhausted. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna move out of Norman where OU is, uh, move to Oklahoma City and kind of restart and rebuild a little bit, uh, I'm gonna quit my job and do bookkeeping full time. Uh, I'm looking at bringing on a contractor sometime in the next six months ish, yeah. six to nine I think. Mm -hmm. um, and once I begin to scale that up and kind of make sure that system works, uh, I'll probably get into real estate at that point. But right now it's like I just need to focus. Yeah. Well, you have a wealth of investors to tap into that are clients of yours. So um, yeah, you don't need networking. You just tap your own network. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got wholesalers and private money and, yeah. and house flippers and contractors. <laughs> and it's all there and they all like me. And so it's yeah. like, yeah, you've got the brand trust. Cool. So good stuff, man. Um, so, so what is it uh, on the table for you next? What's, what's your plans for 2019 brother? Sure. So 2019, uh, my goal, and, and I think I I've, I've, may have already told you this, but my goal is to have all of my clients done with their financials by January 10th, done and videos or consultations on the book so that we can know everything that we need to connect with some CPAs we haven't already and, and really execute and make sure that this is a seamless transition for everybody they already have. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm like 95% of the way there. Um, Rapidly after that, I'm doing. I'm launching a, an education course on Teachable. Uh, at least one, maybe eight or ten or two hundred. I don't know yet, um, but I think there's a really big need. Kind of like you, like you said, it's kind of a detriment, but it's also really big. Where if you've only got one or two deals, you've got no idea what you're doing, and it, and you probably don't think that you can afford to bring on great help. Right. And so I'm putting together kind of a DIY program to help people figure that out. And do it in a system that would be really easy for somebody like me to hop in later, pick up and expand on. Um, and so if I can sell the system that you can replicate or outsource, yeah, that's kind of the space that I'm looking at being in right now. Cool. Yeah, I've never heard of Teachable. I'm going to look that up. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they um, they probably have it really, really streamlined, like how to create your own course and oh, yeah. monetize it. That's awesome. They've got a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, I... I I implore anyone out there who has a business and does their own books to, you know, if not hire Ben, you know, hire one, right? I mean, if you're more comfortable with someone locally, but you know, I'm, I'm fine because in this day and age, 
um, I see Ben like on a weekly basis. You know, I see his face, and um, when especially when we dive deep and go into the numbers like we did the other day, um, you literally saved me like three hundred dollars a month by <laughs> saying, "Dude, what the hell is this cost right here?" Why are we for this? I'm like, "Oh crap!" Right. So it, it's like you pay for yourself, you know, by by identifying these things and looking where nobody else is looking. It's like uh, it's like I live in this house, but you're the guy that's coming around looking under the couch cushions. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no, I don't do that, man. I need somebody to do that for me. But yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I, I really appreciate what you do for me, and and I'm sure your clients do as well. Um, so um, how how how. Well, put out what your some of your social and how people can get in touch with you. And I, I do want to ask you a little bit about. Um, I know you're scaling, and and I'm I'm always about scaling because that's where I am too. And um, but yeah, what are some of your socials? How can people reach you? Sure. So um, you can always. So we talked about bigger pockets. You can find me on bigger pockets. The great strength and weakness of bigger pockets is that it's kind of self included, and so there's no way for me to outsource or automate it. And so if you reach out to me there, I'll see it. I just may not get back to you right away. So um, I've, got a, I've got a business Facebook page that you can find me at Lion Share Bookkeeping. Uh, bookkeeping is a Jeopardy word. It's got the most double letters next to each other in the English <laughs> language. Uh, and so people misspell it all the time. Um, yeah, because I always spell it with one K. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like... <laughs> just double every letter that you think there is, and then you're gonna have to get rid of one p. But then you're you're probably good. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's it is actually so my my the guy that I'm using for marketing in Oklahoma City told me that one time, and I was like, oh, perfect. I need to rebrand because everybody's losing me. I could or have just a million own emails all the out. URLs. Own four Ks and O's. Just buy all the URLs. Oh no! <laughs> I yeah, know. I guess. Oh man, how miserable. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, Facebook's Facebook's great. LinkedIn is great. I've got a personal LinkedIn that I'm going to start doing more with. Are you just um, at Ben Benjamin Day or Ben Day? I think it is Ben Day. Okay, um, Ben Day, dude. No, if if you ever marry a Holly, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh so hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's like every day is my birthday, man. Like every day is my B day, and so it, it just goes on and on and on. And on. Right yeah. That's so true. I love it, dude. It's it's memorable. Um. So yeah. So you're on all socials under Ben Day or Lion Share or Lion Share Bookkeeping. Yes. Two O's, two K's, two two P's, two, two E's, E's, one P, one P. Um. So. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about scaling because I know you outsource and you know I know you have a team. Um, at what point did you realize, oh crap, I need to duplicate myself or at least have someone take all of this off my plate so I can grow the business? Sure. Uh, and really, the the knee jerk reaction is when you work all day and realize that you didn't even touch every one of your clients. Mm -hmm. If you work eight hours and you're like, Oh man, I totally forgot about Johnny. I, I just, I just didn't even think about him once today. That's the first time that you're like, "Oh, I should probably have somebody." Um, that may not be the best time for you to bring somebody on. Um, and there are different systems and ways that you can begin to calculate that. Uh, I'm a big fan of Emyth. I think I've probably got it. Or yeah. I don't have the cover Michael on it. But, e Gerber. Yep, and you Good can stuff. get the Emyth specialized to your business. Uh, and so. Right. I saw I've got, he has a real estate one, real estate investing one. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. And so what they do, so I've got the one for bookkeepers. Uh -huh. And so I've so it's kind of co-written, uh, Michael E. Gerber. And then there's actually, there's bookkeeping business coaches that use the E-Myth, built their business, and are now co-writing the book. Oh. Simultaneously sponsoring the methods of E-Myth and the methods in their coaching course. Love it. And so it's like, so like I go in there and it's like, it's written by accountants for accountants on right. here's how you scale. Here's how you market. Mm. Here's, here's benchmarks. Your first hundred thousand is just you. Your second, huh. second hundred thousand is you and one other person. And here's what you're doing. And yeah, yeah. really I mean, powerful. I got to find if they have one in, in the creative space. I, I never even thought to look into that, but yeah, good. That's, that's good advice. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just, there's so many little things like that. And the more you begin to look for that information, the more it reveals itself. Um, e-Myth is going to give you kind of a, like a profit and payout structure 
and how your money should generally work inside your business. Profit First does exactly the same thing and the numbers are barely different from each other. Is and that you a, can, Profit First? Yes, let's see if I've got it. Uh, oh, well, you would be the only person to see it. But yeah, but it's Profit First is Mike Michaelwitz, something like that. Okay. He wrote The Pumpkin Plan, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. <laughs> um, I haven't read any of his stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I really, like, I not. you can be certified in all of this stuff. I'm not certified by E-Myth. I'm not certified by Profit First. Yeah, yeah. I just think they're huge value and it's the easiest way to take control of your cash flow for 15 bucks. Yeah. It's easiest way to do it. Yeah, it's it's definitely great content and um, the Bible for entrepreneurs. You know, uh, the E myth. It's funny because when I was going through the circles and starting to become, you know, a business owner, I kept hearing. You know, it's it's one of those things that it's it's always uh, vibrating, and and everyone's always you know talking about these certain books. So there's like at least a dozen um, oh, Bibles easy. for us, uh-huh. right? Rich Dad, obviously, and and E myth. Yeah definitely one of them yeah how to um, win friends all like they're all around man yeah yeah it's it's so good but um yeah so people so you so you scaled and you decided um once you were not able to serve every single client or at least review every client's file um in one day um yeah that's a good that's really a good one because um there's definitely days that go by and 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 if an email will come through, I'm like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, there's that one. I got to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. So great advice. Um, what other, what other advice do you have for people out there who are starting out or, you know, just in business trying trying to figure things out? Sure. I mean, so I, so when I talk to like brand new business owners or people who are like, man, I need you, but I don't have the money for it. I'm like, okay, here's what you do. <laughs> um, and real estate, real estate, there's some kind of some niche advice, like stop, stop picking up your own rents automate it through Buildium or Cozy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but every business kind of has the same startup problem, which is that it, it I ca- kind of call it the $5 problem where they're, sw- they're sweating something. They're like, and, and it's holding them back. Man, I just don't know what, what kind of entity I should have. Or man, I don't know if I need a contract or I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. And they think it's this like $200 billing that they have to go figure out. They think that to go pay somebody a thousand bucks to file their LLC or, and this is kind of the, this is the, this is the grab where it's like, or you can go spend five bucks on a cup of coffee with a local mentor in your area. who will tell you exactly how dumb or right you are <laughs> and, and probably give you the tools to get it done. I mean, local mentors are easily the most powerful source of leverage anybody has. Yeah. Oh, so good, dude. You're smart. You're smart. Because it's true. I mean, it's something that you forget. You know, when I first got into real estate, I was doing that all the time. Every single person that I met, I was like, hey, you going to buy a coffee, going to buy a coffee. You know, maybe one out of 10 said yes. But, you know, I'm still, you know, working with and, and partners with some of those people. And uh, you're absolutely right. And it gets to the point where, you know, those people that need that um, and they do eventually figure things out and start to build their business, they become that. You know, now mm-hmm. people are tapping into you and saying, hey, and you're like, oh, wait, me? No, 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 I'm that guy. It's pretty cool. Um, but great advice, dude. You know, a cup of coffee. Um, you know, you could do the lunch, but that can get expensive. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, you can take somebody to a steak dinner, but it's like you are a startup. <laughs> let's maybe let's start small. We'll graduate <laughs> later. But what what I love about that advice, too, is, um, you know, and, and a good friend of mine, who, who has a lot of people, he's, he's one of those guys, told me to set up hurdles, you know, like, so when people contact you, and for those of you who, who are in this sort of uh, predicament, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good one to be in, um, to, to tell them their emails, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really, really swamped right now. But if you contact me in three, four weeks, um, just email me, and then we'll set that up, you know, the coffee. And then uh, if they don't, get back to you. Those are the tire kickers. Uh-huh. And then the people that come back, you know, they're for real. Now you can have a cup of coffee. So if on the flip side, as the mentor, um, if you're, if, if, if you need something like that set up, it's, it's really easy to just say, boom, do this, do this. And then I, I've jumped through those hurdles. I, I don't know about you, but I've definitely jumped through hurdles to get to people. And um, yeah, you got to sort of prove your worth and show that you, you, you have the drive and the hunger and passion to, yeah. to get to the next level. But so, so what else do you, what else do you think is a, is a good sort of thing for people to put sure. into? 
Well, so uh, there's definitely one other thing, but when you're talking about hurdles, one of my, the local mentor I'm thinking of right now uh, calls it the show up test Ooh. where he, he does, he has, he has a different meetup every week, right? You can get that guy anytime. He's impossible to communicate with. He won't answer emails for a month. Um, <laughs> he might do a Facebook message. He just had a kid. And so uh, he's, his priorities have shifted, but yeah. he's like, yeah, man, if you just show up, if you just show up to meetings mm. over and over again, yeah, we know that you're serious. Yes, anybody can show up one time. Very few people can show up every month, every, every week. So true. So and that's where the value is. Even if the meeting is a total dud, somebody saw you there. You're building yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Although on the flip, I, I've seen people show up because we run a meeting in Princeton, New Jersey, and um, I could see. You know, we, we have an average of fifty to hundred that come to the meetings, but there are people that show up every time and not all of them really do business. <laughs> right. Know? Well, yeah, that's kind of, that's it's, the other side of that education. It's a social thing. Right? Yeah. Well, you gotta, you gotta take action. Um, action. Yes. Take action. But I mean, it's like, if you, if you've got the gumption to show up, even yeah. if you haven't done any deals, maybe it's kind of just like going to church at that point. I live in the South and it's like going to church is just as much social as it is religious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so and, uh, so maybe it's more like that than anything else. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's really like set up hurdles, show up, put the work in and take action is kind of the big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, so I guess maybe in the same vein, and this is, I'm very guilty of this is um, the, what I see a lot of businesses do is they have security blankets in their expenses. So if we're going to talk about money, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, okay, so I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a bookkeeper and I'm going to have all of these leads come in. I don't have any business yet, but I'm going to go ahead and pay Salesforce eight grand a month for their Mm -hmm. best CRM so that when I get business, it'll be perfect or whatever it is. And it's like, dude, do you need that? Or do you need a phone book? Do you need a (laughs) post-it note? Do you need Trello? Do you need a free software? Do you need something else to track? Do you need something to help you scale that's free in the meantime? Yeah. What I see a lot of people do is when they're, especially so in, in the e-myth, they talk about technicians mm-hmm. where it's like, you, you were really good at a skill. So now you're just going to go be a business owner. You have that entrepreneurial seizure. Yeah. And um, so technicians are often really good at putting together their package. Uh, and then, then you get cocky. I get cocky definitely. And I'm like, okay, well, my package is really efficient and really excellent. So now I'm going to add all of this extra stuff on the outside because I'm mm-hmm. a business owner. And the yeah. reality is that you don't need all that right now. You can right. get it later. And it'll be powerful later. Yeah, yeah, you're so true. And I, I'm 100% guilty of that as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's good advice too, man. You know, sort of take a step back and look at the, what the heck you're doing um, and try to analyze it from from that bird's eye view. But good stuff, man, good stuff. So again, how can people reach you? Lion share, bookkeeping, two O's, two K's, two E's. <laughs> right. Uh, what about an email? Did you throw an email out there? I did not. And that is also been at Lion Share Bookkeeping. Um, I've got a I've got a great website with a with a funnel. We can get, you can like immediately set up a little little phone call with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, I try to make it easy, but also kind of some some tiny hurdles. And um, again, it's I, I love sitting down with people um, virtually or getting coffee or whatever. And I more often than not, I'll tell them that. Um, I'll look at what you have going on and if I can solve your problem, I'll solve your problem. And if it's impossible for you to pay me to solve your problem, uh, I will tell you how to do it Yeah, and, and we'll just make it happen. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, and I, I can attest to that. You know, you, you've worked with me through what I'm doing and, um, I love the tools that, that you have, you put into place that you just like, you know, QuickBooks and all the other good stuff that you just start up in my name and you're like, here it is. Uh, go download the app and sign in. Yeah. That, that, I love the fact, especially as business owners, we're running around spinning a hundred plates and then, you know, come back home and see your emails like here, just log in, log in, log in. Um, it's great. Good stuff, man. Yeah, man. It's, if, if I'm doing the work, I should be doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> don't, go, don't go spin plates for me. This is my, this is my wheelhouse right here. I don't yeah, want you. Yeah. I really just, I really just don't want you messing up my system at this point too. It's like, get out of here. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm and technician. I, but I like that. It's, um, it's everywhere. It's on my desktop. Cause you know, I, I'm either in the office or I'm on my phone on the road and I have it all at my fingertips. Um, and I have it as soon as it's the, the duplicated, uh, version of it on my desktop. 
So it all works well, man. I love it in this day and age. I imagine, you know, back in the day, it's like, I got to go drive to my bookkeeper 20 miles away, you know, man. and sit down in his stuffy, smelly, it smells like old paper office, you know? <laughs> and people still do that too. I'm sure, I, was, sure. I, I was working with a guy. He wanted me to help him get set up. And he had QuickBooks desktop, the desktop version, not online on desktop, but like OG QuickBooks. Oh, old school off a yeah. disk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. And uh, I go in, I sit down and I start looking at some stuff uh, and I notice this alert and I look at it and I guess like years ago, the last time he had an accountant in his QuickBooks, yeah. he, had, he had changed something and he had exported it to have an accountant go work on it. And you couldn't actually do any work on his business until the accountant brought that export back. Oh, it was, yeah, because back in the day, nobody was about to email these files, so they would download them to floppy disks or whatever, <laughs> drive Send them 20 miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Priority mail it, and then they'd get it mailed back to them, and then they could do their accounting again. I'm like, dude, we wow. are in a cloud age. We're oh. in the age of cloud-based technology and information. Yeah. Put it in the cloud. It's, it's fine. Yeah. It's so much yeah. better. I know. Yeah, yeah. But hey, I get it, man. You know, that's a different era, uh, you know, security, all that stuff. You know, I, it's funny because, the, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Gen X guy um, and it, it took probably, you know, a decade to really just blindly uh, trust that the cloud works and it's secure. Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's terrifying. My parents, my parents are like, no, I'm, they, they literally go to the mall to pay like a light bill or wherever they go. Like where's, I, I call my mom. She's like, I'm like, where's dad? Oh, he's paying PSE and G. Like he literally got into the car with a checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to spend two hours driving to pay one yeah. bill. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's paying the cable bill at Comcast and it's crazy, dude. But um, that's a different generation. And, you know, I'm sure you have a mixture of, of old and new, but that's good, man. I, I love that you are the modern day accountant that just like embraces all the technology and, and helps people understand it and just, just do it for them. You know, like, like the other day you and I were online and we were just sharing screens and we're like, okay, let's just, let's just pound this out because something's not working. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. So anything else you want to share with everyone uh, before we jump off? I mean, so kind of my really kind of the, the deep why of, of why, why I want to work with business owners and why I enjoy it so much is that I really want to help people understand their cash flow. Yeah. Um, I, I work hard to not talk about assets and debits and credits during our, during conversations, even though that we can have that conversation. Um, at the end of the day, so many businesses fail because they don't understand their cash flow, uh, their money management, or their resource management. I mean, when you look, like the two leading causes of business shutting their doors are cash flow and management issues. Mm-hmm. And if you're a solo entrepreneur, that's deeply personal. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team, that's deeply interpersonal. And yeah. so it, anytime I can get involved with somebody and help them figure that out, uh, I think it just immediately sets them up for success. And so that's if you're going to spend time building something, build financial literacy, build your systems, make sure that that's covered and hopefully, you know, automated in some way so that you can go chase your passion, but don't neglect that stuff. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I am with you a thousand percent. Um, you know, I, I tend to ignore it and I'm glad I have you and, and a team in place to, to cover all those bases when I'm, you know, in the dugout or some, somewhere, you know, <laughs> under the field trying to figure stuff out. But yeah, dude, good stuff, man. And, um, you know, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for sharing all your knowledge and uh, expertise. And, you know, I, I found out some things today, you know, you're in a metal band. I, I, I didn't know that. It's cool, man. Right. You're going to be, you're going to be blown away. It's not, again, it's not great. We have a lot of fun. It'll be speed metal. It'll be no, not quite that. It's, um, it's pretty special. It's a nice blend. So yeah. Yeah. What's the, what are the, some of the influences? Um, so my, my drummer listens to a lot of just a lot of everything, man. He listens to a lot of re- like a reggae funk, slightly stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some folk stuff that he's listening to right now. That's kind of coming out. Uh, yeah. But then it's like, there's a lot of Devil Wears Prada. There's a lot of Tool. There's a lot of Mastodon and my guitarists. Yeah. And then I just show up and hit my bass with a hammer and hope it, <laughs> hope some tone or something about my tone comes through all of that noise. 
Um, <laughs> and then, and then just layer on top and have a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Cool, brother. Well, thanks again, man. It's been real. So that was Benjamin Day of Lineshare Bookkeeping. What a cool dude, man. Uh, I, I love chatting with him. I'm so glad to have him on my team because, you know, although I don't look forward to looking at the numbers, I do look forward to chatting with him. We always have really cool talks. And, <clears throat> you know, now that we have commonalities as far as being a musician and um, other things that we like to talk about outside of, you know, we've talked about sports. I mean, these are things that, you know, you you can build around you when you have a business um, as far as having team members you just like to talk to and hang out with or have a beer with is always very helpful. It's always, always cool to, to have those type of people in your circle. Um, but some of the things that I wanted to highlight from Ben's talk today, and I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I loved having it, um, but he talks about Teachable. So I know um, some of the other people within my circle are using this and are implementing this in their business, but Teachable is an online course, um, a company that, d that helps you develop online courses, which I can't speak too much of, but I am considering and looking into that because it will be a part of the business someday. Also, um, E-Myth always comes out by Michael E. Gerber. And the fact that E-Myth is a huge brand that when I, at the time when I read the book a few years ago, I didn't realize um, they had so many different aspects and different uh, buckets within E-Myth in that community. So I know there's an E-Myth real estate investor there's an e-myth he was saying for bookkeeping and accounting um so i'm going to look into e-myth um as creative uh, creative space and, and growing a creative uh, company also uh he mentions a book and i'll put all of this in the show notes he mentions a book by uh mike michaelwitz a uh, book called profit first so i'm going to add that to my list as well um, it talks about uh transforming your business uh, from I'm looking at it right here from a cash eating monster to money making machine who who doesn't need that uh, he he so Ben talks also about um, several ways to or a couple of ways to grow your business and that is by automating so automating duplicating yourself finding systems or tools and online tools to help you become more efficient and to take things off of your plate so I am always thinking about you know, whenever they talk about work smarter instead of harder, that is one of the keys to growing a business and being a business owner. You know, are you doing something that someone else can do for $10, $15 an hour? Are you doing $15 an hour work? Um, should you be concentrating on your marketing and strategy plans or finding a team that does marketing and strategy for you um, to that, you know, the, 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 when they say work smarter, those are the type of activities you should be focusing uh, your day or part of your day on building the business. So automation, great advice, Ben. Also, I love the $5 problem when people come at you and ask you all these questions about, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that, um, I don't know how, and all it is is a $5 cup of coffee to a local dude, a local gal, that you can just pick their brain. And that is something that I did when I got into real estate, I didn't know anything about real estate investing. And I called up, literally emailed, stalked, you know, one of my mentors, Rick Stein. And I said, hey, are you looking for students? And he didn't have any students. He didn't have anyone that he coached. I was his first. And the guy has been in the industry for decades, like 20, 30 years, um, all aspects of real estate, one being an investor. And I learned so much from him and picked up my first uh, multifamily rental because Rick, you know, was on my team. And I felt super duper confident going through that whole process with someone who was an expert. And that is all that you need, really, to just pull the trigger and be confident and secure in knowing that you're making all the right decisions and all the right moves um, when the time comes. So regardless of what space you're in and what business you're in, find a mentor, find um, um, a coach that can help you to get to the next level or to even start. You know, this person will kick you in the butt and say, did you do X, Y, Z? And then and, and, and Rick and I had weekly meetings like so unlimited texts unlimited phone calls and 
once every week on Friday afternoons, we'd have lunch and we would go down all the stuff that I was supposed to do. And if I didn't do it, he, I would hear it. He would give me crap for it. And that's what we all need. You know, so as business owners, it's tough because we're at the top of the food chain. You know, we are at the top of the totem pole. So who is looking down at us and telling us, you know, what we're doing and what we're doing correctly and what we can modify and what we can uh, tweak to get to the next level or to even accomplish whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. So that all uh, being said, I, I just want to thank Ben Day for being a part of the show and sharing all of his cool knowledge and his experience. And I appreciate him helping on air get to the next level. And I hope that some of you will consider calling him and just having a chat because he's really, really that type of dude that, you know, that $5 cup of coffee, you know, and um, if you're in Oklahoma City, obviously, you know, that that would be more than a $5 cup of coffee if you had to fly out to Oklahoma City. To, <laughs> But that's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share 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 i am eric cabral and as always remember your network is your net worth so get in the circle <laughs> <laughs>